0: I gotta tell you, fellas, you have got what appears to be a dynamite sound. It's the classic guitar rock podcast. Oh, <laughs> nah, you went and did it! I've never had pains like this before. Oh, it's the worst. Well, this is a big one. I'm dying. You hear that, Elizabeth? I'm coming to join you, honey! Sold to the dummy with the black mustache. Well, what kind of life is it being the wife of an old man? What kind of life do you think it is being the father of a young dummy? For every man, there's a woman. And for every dummy, there's a dummy. <laughs> See, it's tampering his son now. But when I'm gone, the business will all be his alone. It'll be Dummy Incorporated. Hello, Pop. Hello, Lamar, you big
1: ugly dummy. Hey, Pop, there's something wrong with you. I know. My only child is a dummy. Power. reminds the speed. You're
0: ready to move up? Before well, we start, I'd like to say something. There's no reason why you shouldn't have complete confidence in your chances to come out of this thing alive in one piece. From coast to coast, from border to border, from one end to the other, and all points in between, the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast is on.
1: Yes! That's awesome!
0: We crank up and break down the great guitar-driven rock of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And you are invited to come along.
1: We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's
0: dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. And now, your host, Jeremy Lennon.
1: Yeah, we don't know anything about that fellow there. Who is he? Where's he coming from?
0: It's time for the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. I'm Jeremy, so glad to have you here. And we got some exciting things to talk about today. Uh, A bit later, we're going to review the new album from uh, Michael Sweet and George Lynch. It's called Sweet and Lynch. Actually, their third album, called Heart and Sacrifice, we'll be reviewing that. But before we get to that... I want to get into some emails from you and uh, also just some, some quick news items. I do want to make it known, just some housekeeping stuff here. And I hate to do this, right? Every podcaster hates <laughs> to ask for money, but I, I do just want to remind you that if you would like to support the podcast, you can do that on Patreon, patreon.com slash classic guitar rock for as little as $3 a month. You can be a, a patron of the podcast, and then we've just uh, activated on on Spotify. If you listen on Spotify, there is an option for listener support where you can go in and set up as little as one dollar a month. So if you could even swing a dollar a month, you don't know how much that helps in terms of you know upgrading equipment, uh, buying music to review, you know what it, what whatever it is. Uh, none of us are doing this to get rich, obviously, <laughs> but your support defrays some of the cost that goes into producing a podcast. So if that's something you could do, that would be great. So today, May, Friday, May the 19th, and where I am, it's starting to get hot, which is which is a good thing because I live in Washington State and we have some long, cold winters and it's nice for the sun to be out and to, to feel the heat when you go outside. So i got four emails. Let's hop to these. And again, guys, I would love to hear from you. Email me at com. That's com. First email. This is from Chuck B. in Winnemucca, Oregon. By the way, I'm, I'm recording in a different place than usual. So, uh, with a different setup, I can already tell a difference. So hopefully it's, it's not too big of a difference. But if it sounds different, that's why I'm in a different locale and using a, a different mic. So back to the email from Chuck B, Winnemucca, Oregon. Dear CGR, I have to chime in on your grunge episode. More fallout from that grunge episode. Personally, I'm not a huge fan of grunge myself, but I think grunge was a very good thing, and here's why. The popular rock-slash-metal at the time was, for the most part, terrible. And to be honest, it was a good thing that most of that stuff got washed away. I do agree with you that the hard rock of the 80s was more fun than grunge, but that doesn't mean much of it didn't need to go away. I love your podcast, though, and try to catch every episode. Well, thank you, Chuck. Appreciate you emailing us. And and I think you you make a good point. There was a lot of bad music from the late 80s, but a lot of good stuff too. And that's one of the downsides is a lot of the good bands who had had a lot of success, all of a sudden the, the record labels weren't interested in them anymore. You know, I've mentioned some of those bands. Night Ranger, another band I haven't mentioned yet. YNT. YNT, who'd been around forever. YNT had a really good album in the late 80s. They had uh, several good albums in the mid and late 80s. And then it was like no one wanted to hear from them again. So I, I agree a lot of the bad stuff got washed away, and I'm okay with that. But a lot of the good stuff did too. And I guess that's one of the things that that is not so great about it. Next email. Hey, Jeremy, speaking of bands that were washed away from grunge. Hey, Jeremy, thank you for mentioning Winger. I recently returned from the MOCR cruise. Oh, uh I believe that's the Monsters of Classic Rock cruise. That's a big cruise that happens every year. I think Eddie Trunk does that, and he has lots of bands, classic rock bands. Uh, I recently returned from the MOCR cruise and had a chance to see and hear Winger. I never really appreciated them when they were out in the 80s. And as you mentioned, they are, they were one of the casualties of grunge. But let me just say, those guys flat out rocked! Exclamation point. So talented. Great singing, great musicians across the board. I will definitely be buying, not just streaming their new album. Keep on rocking. And you know what? That's a good point. And I stream a lot, guys. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I mostly stream. But if you really want to support these bands, the best way to do that is to actually buy the product, right? Buy it on CD or, or buy to download the whole album or, you know, buy it on vinyl. Usually they're pressing them on vinyl now too, so you can get it on vinyl. Because the artists do see much more from those purchases than what they see from streaming. I mean, streaming helps them too, but but the amount of money they make off streaming is is minuscule. Uh so they do make more money when you actually purchase the product. That's from Carrie. Thank you, Carrie. Next email. Hi guys, big fan of the podcast. I especially like the clips you guys play before each episode. We play those little, I call them montages because that's a fancier word. Uh, I I put together these little montages with, you you know, audio clips from TV shows and movies or whatever. They're fun to do. Uh, I I do it. (laughs) To be honest, I do it uh, for me more than for anyone else. I just like making them. I especially like the clips you guys play before each episode. My wife and I – She often listens with with me in the car, try to identify each clip and where it's from. Thanks for making those. Okay, here's a request. I know they've been mentioned, but I would love to hear a full episode about KISS. I know some people don't really like them, but they were a really big deal to me and millions of other kids back in the day. And they still put on a great show. I'd love to hear it. Signed, member of the KISS Army. So I salute you, member of the KISS Army. You know, we're going to do a KISS episode. And to be honest, I'm surprised I haven't yet. I definitely have some strong opinions about KISS. I think, well, you know what? I'm going to save it for the podcast. I'm going to save it for the podcast. They were a very important band. Very important. Uh, Last email. Hi, Jeremy. You asked a question recently that went something like this. Would you rather your favorite band retire completely or continue to tour and record with replacement members? I think I got that right. Well, I thought about that. And maybe it's selfish of me, but my personal preference is I would rather them retire. It hurts my heart to see the great bands I grew up, I grew up with, I think he, I grew up with touring with a lineup that is bare, rec- bare, I think he means barely, that is barely recognizable. Just my opinion. I'm sure others will disagree. Thanks for your podcast, Austin Blankenship. Thank you, Austin. Thanks so much for taking the time to email me. I would love to hear from all of you. Shoot me an email at ClassicGuitarRock at Mail.com. Okay, a few quick news items. One little headline, uh, this is from Ultimate Classic Rock. I just want to talk about the headline. The headline is, Greta Van Fleet salutes their jumpsuits on Sacred the Thread. So their third album, it's called Starcatcher, is is coming out. Now, Greta Van Fleet is kind of, I don't know if I want to call them controversial. There's mixed reviews on Greta Van Fleet. And let me just say, their first two albums, I enjoyed. I liked it. I like listening to them. It's kind of fun. Of course, they've, they've been kind of slagged for just being a Zeppelin clone. Obviously, they were fans of Zeppelin. The guy singing totally has a Robert Plant vibe, but the music was enjoyable, right? I mean, what's not to like about a young, a a band of young musicians paying homage to a great band like Led Zeppelin? I'm okay with that. Here's what my concern with Greta Van Fleet is. They appear to be going down the same path that the Black Crows Went down. When the Black Crows came out in the mid '80s, late mid to late '80s, they I liked them. I really liked them. It was raw. It was just great rock and roll. And then somewhere along the line, they started to believe their own hype, right? They 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 started to be more about fashion and the lifestyle and being hip than putting out good music I see inklings of that with Greta Van Fleet and let me just say this I don't think Greta Van Fleet is as good as the Black Crows that's just my personal opinion they're fun I enjoyed their first two albums will they will they put out 10 albums I don't know maybe not but hopefully they won't uh, disintegrate like the Black Crows did because of ego and and uh, believing their own hype and that sort of thing. I just, when I see articles about their fashion and their haircuts and all of this, it just makes me flash back to the Black Crows and how they did not keep their eye on the prize and they were kind of their own worst enemy. So I, I just throw that out there. There's a new uh, album called Journey Through Time that Neil Sean has put out. And here's the thing about Neil Sean. I know I've talked about Journey in the past, how he and Jonathan Kane fighting in public, all the various legal entanglements, all of this stuff is, is frustrating. And it's frustrating because I really like Journey and I really like Neil Sean and I really like Jonathan Kane. And I didn't like to see all that aired in public. But uh, having said that, I just wanted to mention the, the release of this album. Journey Through Time, and this is, there were live dates that were played throughout 2019, and this album is a result of that, recordings of that. If you're a Journey fan, you're going to love it, right? Greg Raleigh came back, participated. Uh, Dean Castronovo was involved. Uh, Bassist Marco Mendoza was along for the ride. Uh, and, of course, they're playing Journey Classics, but a few covers as well. So if you're a fan of Neil Sean, of Journey, of Santana even, because there's some Santana stuff, uh, this is probably an album you want to check out, Neil Sean's Journey in Time. Steve Morse is back to playing. Steve Morse, of course, uh, famous for being a member of the Dixie Dregs, uh, was in Kansas for a brief period of time, spent most of the last 3 decades in deep purple and just recently last year had to step back as his as his wife is battling stage 4 cancer so he uh you know he got to the point that he could not continue to tour full time with deep purple he was replaced by a guy named Simon McBride and if you've seen New footage of Deep Purple with Simon McBride. I mean, he's, he's jumped right in without skipping a beat. Sounds really good. So he's still supporting his wife, still helping his wife, but he's able to tour in a limited way with his solo project. So, uh, I think this is great. I think a performer like Steve Morse, that that's all he's done. You know, that's his life music. He's got a pilot's license, too, by the way. I forgot. But, you know, he's he's touring on a smaller scale. It's not like a massive deep purple uh, tour where he's touring the world. So he's able to uh, tour on a smaller footing uh, with a three-piece. And he says, quote, I can be home 90% of the time and possibly drag my wife with me. So uh, uh, at some point, she's able to go along with him, which is great. So he says, the idea was to make it possible so I could play some shows and not feel like I'm shortchanging what I could really help with by being home. So his first priority is to support his wife at this time, still be able to, to play. So more power to you, Steve. I think that is awesome. Okay, the last bit of news I want to share, and this is a, a sad bit of news and at the risk of sounding all gloomy, this is commonplace now, right? With, with these classic rock artists that we grew up with, uh, we, we will continue to lose more and more of them. The Smiths bassist, Andy Rourke, is dead at the age of 59. 59 is so young, he had cancer. The Smiths, very influential. They're not often really thrown in the mix with what we call classic rock, but I believe they were absolutely a classic band, classic rock, and very influential to a lot of the kind of new wave bands and alternative bands and their bassist Andy Rourke, dead at 59 from cancer. So our condolences to Andy and his family and the Smiths. Alright, when we come back, we're going to talk about an album that just dropped today from Michael Sweet and George Lynch. The album is called Heart and Sacrifice. We'll talk about that next on the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast.
0: This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing. Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. Are
1: you going to fix fried chicken, Mommy? Can I help? I don't fry chicken
0: anymore. But you can help me with the shake and bake. Now you shake. Now we bake. Great fried chicken. Nice and crisp, moist and tender.
1: It's not fried. It's not? It's shake and bake. And I'll help.
0: Shake and bake. Three flavors for chicken, one for fish.
1: ta 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 the Empire State Building in New York City. Okay, I'm in a basement in Spokane, Washington. It's the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Welcome back to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Hope you're gearing up for a great weekend. I'd love to hear what classic rock-related things you're doing this weekend or, or have done over the weekend. If you email me next week, you can email me at classicguitarrock@mail.com. At I'm excited to talk about this album today, this is an album, the third album, that Michael Sweet and George Lynch have produced. And, you know, I've had a cursory exposure to the first two albums. I've seen videos and liked it. Uh, to be honest, the, the, the newer Striper albums, I've listened to and liked them as well. Also, the stuff that George Lynch has been doing. George Lynch had a project called In Machine, which featured uh, is basically Dawkin with uh, Robert Mason on vocals. Right? It was George and Jeff Pilson and Mick Brown and Robert Mason singing, and good stuff. So both Michael Sweet and George Lynch have stayed active. I've talked about George Lynch quite a bit. I haven't talked so much about Michael Sweet. Let's let's talk about Striper for just a bit. I was an army brat, moved around a lot, but I spent a lot of my growing up years in Oklahoma, which is what uh, many people call the Bible Belt. So as a Christian rock band, I would guess that Striper was probably more popular in Oklahoma than in maybe other parts of the country. So I kind of grew up hearing Striper right along with whatever other hair metal I was listening to and didn't really think anything of it. They started to have some pretty big mainstream appeal in the late 80s, but never really got huge, right? They never got huge. And, you know, I guess you could blame it. Blame is in quotation marks. You could blame it on the fact that they were a Christian rock band, which, you know, a lot of folks aren't into Christian rock music. For me personally, I kind of liked it. I didn't have a problem with that. Uh, I was a Christian, so it didn't bother me at all. I am a Christian, I should say. So it didn't bother me at all. But they never got the huge mainstream following that, that other bands at the time, like a Bon Jovi or a Motley Crue or a Poison got. Which is a shame. Because from a, a talent standpoint, I would put Striper right Right at the top with the best of that era in terms of their musicianship, the vocals, the production on their album. I mean, they were a great band. And I'm sure they knew that when they decided to kind of go the Christian rock path, they probably knew that they would never have the huge success of a a Motley Crew or someone like that. But that doesn't mean that they weren't an awesome band because they were. So if you haven't gone back and listened to some of the earlier Striper stuff, it's really good stuff. Really good stuff. Now, George Lynch, we're all a little more familiar with, you know, as he was a a member of Dawkins. We talked about the fact that he was in Ozzy Osbourne's band for about three days. You know, the plan was he actually auditioned twice. He auditioned in 79 when Randy got the gig. And he mentions that, you know, one of the, 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 consolation prize for him not getting the gig was he then went to work at Randy's mom's music store and he started teaching Randy's students. So that's kind of cool. And then when in 82, when they were trying to find a, re- when Ozzy was trying to find a replacement for Brad Gillis, again, George Lynch auditioned and he thought he had the gig and spent about a week on the road with the band playing at sound checks, uh, you know, getting ready to move into this gig. It was an interesting thing and it ultimately wound up being Jakey Lee. But if you remember, they were replacing Brad Gillis in the middle of a tour. Okay. So they needed a guy to come in and finish the tour before they were going to make the next album. That al- album would ultimately be Bark at the Moon. That's not usually how it happens. Usually if bands are going to replace members, they'll finish out a tour, and then they'll replace the the band member before they record a new album. I mean, that's usually how it happens. But in this situation, Brad Gillis had commitments with Night Ranger. Brad Gillis had two massive albums running up the charts at the same time. If you remember, he was, he was playing on Ozzy's uh, speak of the devil live album. And that was the same week that night ranger debuted and they were both, both massively successful albums and, and, and Brad Gillis was on both. Well, he had commitments to night ranger and he had to leave mid tour. And so they needed to re- replace him. George Lynch is thinking he's got the gig and is about to step in. And as it turns out, they, they wind up firing George in front of Jake and putting Jake in the role and reading the accounts. The The main problem Ozzy and Sharon had with George is he had short hair. They thought Jake looked cooler. And so they went with Jake. I would have loved, nothing against Jake. Jake was awesome. But I would have loved to hear an album With George. I wonder, I wonder how different Bark at the Moon. Well, first of all, would it have still been called Bark at the Moon? It just would have been interesting to hear George with Ozzy, but I digress. So let's talk about this new album. It's called Heart and Sacrifice. And I've also discussed uh, Frontier Records, the Frontier record label. Frontier is based out of Spain, and it's a a mixed blessing. And here's what I mean by it being a mixed blessing. Frontier cranks out a lot of really good music. I have a Frontier Records playlist on Spotify that I listen to all the time. What Frontier Records does is they are all about melodic rock, a lot of legacy classic rock bands will, uh, you know, be offered deals from Frontier to put out new albums. The product from Frontier is good. I think the production is always great. But what's unique about Frontier is, is it's, it's not organic, right? From all that I've read and understand, it's often that Frontier will come up with this idea, hey, let's put together this group. Let's call Dean Castronovo and Doug Aldrich and Jack Blades and create a band, right? That, That was the first Revolution Saints, by the way. And they'll come together. They'll produce albums and really good albums. By the way, the Revolution Saints albums are awesome. But then it kind of just, that's all they do. There's no real promotion. There's no tour to support them. And so musicians are musicians. If the record company calls and says, well, sure, I'll i will put an album together. I'll work with so-and-so and and we'll do a record. They do it. You know, they probably make a little money. They pay them a little money to do it. And then these albums are just kind of forgotten. There's no push. There's no promotion, which is a shame because the Frontier albums that I've heard, there's some really good stuff. I've talked about Tokyo Motor Fist before. Fun band, great, great albums that they've put out. No one knows about it because Frontier's promotion is very limited and they don't do tours. They don't promote tours. So unless you know about Frontier Records, you may not hear about a lot of these albums. Now, the good news is some of these marquee projects like Sweet and Lynch they're being fairly successful. You know they'll debut fairly high on on the charts and 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 there's some success there. But again Frontier doesn't do a great job of promoting. They don't put on tours and and oftentimes it's not really a band, right? It's like let's put these guys together to make an album. They're not even in the same place. You know, the technology exists, right? That the that the guitar player can be in California doing his thing and the singers in New York doing his thing. And they got a, a drummer and a bass player in Spain, you know, some staff guys with Frontier that can play the bass and 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 do that, right? So it's not a band always, you know, in the sense that we think of a band getting together in the same place and cutting an album. It just doesn't happen that way. So it's kind of this mass production zone, cranking out music. Now I don't mean that to sound negative because much of what they're putting out is really good music, but like I said, it kind of falls flat because there's no real marketing or tour or promotion that that goes behind these albums. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be listening to these albums because there's a lot of great stuff on Frontier. This album, Sweet and Lynch, is an example of that, the album's called Heart and Sacrifice. There have been a few videos that uh, have dropped. Uh, I've seen one for Miracle. I think there's one for Will It Ever Change? can't remember all the, uh, there, there was like three different videos that had been released before it came out. But today, May 19th, was the day that it dropped. I've listened to this one time. I listened to it this morning as I'm dropping my boys off at school and doing all my my morning errands. I got to say, I like it. I really like it. One of the things that jumps out to me as a George Lynch fan, one of the things that was frustrating about much of the and stuff is I thought George was always buried in the mix. It was hard for me to hear his solos. They are a lot more... uh Hearable, sorry, is that a word? I can hear them better on this album, which is a good thing because George is one of the tastiest hard rock guitarists there are. Uh, so I, I, I appreciate that about it. Not gonna go through song by song, though I will say, I think so far, I gotta give it a second listen. I think so far Miracle might be my favorite song on the album. But you know, overall the production is good. The vocals, I mean, it's Michael Sweet. It's going to have good vocals. Michael Sweet, and I don't mean this to sound dismissive. One of the great things about Michael Sweet is he sounds a lot like Dennis DeYoung. One of the negatives about Michael Sweet is he sounds a lot like Dennis DeYoung, right? So it kind of depends on the song. Sometimes that Dennis DeYoung sound is exactly what you need. Sometimes it can get a little... um grating. I don't want to say this album is grating, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, some people love that vocal style. Some people not so much. I tend to like it. And I think Michael does a great job. And And I need to just be honest and say right up front, I'm a big fan of Michael Sweet and George Lynch both. So I like them as people. Every time I see an interview with one of these two, I like them. They seem like down-to-earth guys. You don't get a rock star vibe from them. Uh, They just seem like good guys. So that means a lot to me. Right? So I like the two coming in. Uh, and, And it's obviously Sweet and Lynch that are the driving force here. They wrote the songs together. They are joined by their producer... Alessandro Del Vecchio. uh, And he also plays bass. So again, it's Frontiers. They're going to do everything on a a shoestring budget. So Alessandro Del Vecchio is the producer and the bass player. And then they've got Jelly Cardarelli on drums. I never heard of him. The drumming's great. The bass playing's great. It sounds great. But most of what you're hearing, the guitar sounds, you know, that's all Lynch and, you know, Sweet's a great guitar player, too. To be honest, I don't know if if he's playing any guitars on the album or not, or if he's just contributing vocals. But again, as I mentioned, I don't know that Michael and George actually got in the same room to record their parts. Because the technology exists that you don't have to be in the same place. You can record your parts wherever, and you just kind of put them all together. But this is a well-produced album. The energy's great. Uh, it sounds like these guys had fun making it, but we've got to wait and see what happens. Because as I mentioned, you know, Frontier's not known for great promotion campaigns. Uh, there's usually not any kind of tour. What they used to do is like once a year, they'd have a big show in Spain where it'd be a live show where you could see you know, Revolution Saints come and play a set and Tokyo Motor Fist or whoever the big Frontier artists are. The good news is Frontiers is growing. So the label's growing. There are more and more bands, more and more legacy bands that are putting stuff out on Frontiers. I would love to see some actual tours in the U.S. of some of these Frontier acts. Now, usually all you'll see is the tours of the established artists that happen to be on Frontiers. But the actual Frontier bands that they've put together, I've never seen where you can actually see them live in the States anywhere. So so will there ever be Sweet and Lynch shows? Well, if history is any indication, no, probably not. But it doesn't mean it's not a great album and you won't enjoy it. So let's really quick talk about the song listing. 12 songs on this album, which is great. You, you never would get 12 songs when you'd buy an album back in the 70s or 80s, right? <laughs> so it's kind of cool to get 12 songs. It kicks off with a song called Heart and Sacrifice. Heart and Sacrifice, full throttle, right? Got the double bass kick going. Good song, good starter. Where I have to go in Miracle, I thought two very good songs. Leave It All Behind, great tune. Oh, You'll Never Be Alone. I believe there was a video for that. That's a great song, too. After all is said and done, give up the night. Will it ever change? It's time to believe every day. It rains again and then world full of lies. Again, I think so far, first listen, my favorite song is probably Miracle. But leave it all behind and you'll never be alone. I really like, too. Nothing's really jumping out at me from the, the rest. I I liked it. I liked them all. There was not a single song on here where I go, Oh, that song sucks. They're all solid. They're, they're all good. So I would say if I'm awarding it guitar picks, I would give this five guitar picks being the best. One guitar pick being the worst. I would give this a solid four guitar picks. This is not going to change your life. But it's a great album, and I think if you're a fan of Dokken and or Striper or that great melodic rock from the 80s, you will find a lot to like on this album, Heart and Sacrifice by Sweet and Lynch. I'd go stream it right now, and if you really like it, then buy it. Purchase it. Support the artists. Guys, thanks so much for listening, and again, as I mentioned at the beginning, you can be a patron for as little as $3 a month on Patreon, and you can actually go in uh, via Spotify and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. So if, if you are able to do that, we would sure appreciate it. I would really appreciate hearing from you. Shoot me an email, ClassicGuitarRock at Mail.com. I'm Jeremy. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time right here on the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast. Oh, sweet Please like, subscribe, and share. You can email us at classicguitarrock at mail.com. We're not ordinary
1: people. (laughs) We're morons.
0: We'll see you for the next episode of the Classic Guitar Rock Podcast.